comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. My name is Ichabod Crane. Good morrow, and welcome to the Ichapod Cranecast, the podcast that recaps each week's new episode of the Fox television series Sleepy Hollow. I am Aaron, and with me is Brandon Peters. Hello! And Maxwell Haddad. Season's greetings! Tonight's episode, we're talking Season 2, Episode 11, The Akita, the fall finale, directed by Dwight Little and written by showrunner Mark Gotham. <laughs> Halloween, Halloween 4 is Dwight Little. Yeah, I was gonna say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, Maxwell, what's the Akita about? Uh, in the Akita, unforeseen sacrifices must be made, and loyalties are put to the ultimate test in the fight against evil. Very specific, as always. Um, so yeah, that's the fall finale. We'll get, we'll get to that in a bit. Uh, let's do some, uh, some show stuff first here, and some of this actually applies to what we can get into when we talk about the episode, but we got some emails, guys. Uh, we got a couple from, uh, from Thomas Blake. And I'm going to read just this one. One has to do with Mama, but since we already talked about Mama and I missed getting this email earlier, I'll just go into this, uh, this, this one email that's kind of a, kind of an overall season two thought so far. And it's a little long, so let's hear. Uh, it says, Hey, Ichapod Crane cast. I enjoyed Sleepy Hollow all the way through season one, but season two is losing me a bit. Abby and Crane are still good, and John Noble's Henry Parrish is fantastic. Everything around the characters isn't working. I'm not liking the Holly character. He feels so forced. They're trying to make a pairing with him and Abby, and to be honest, I don't feel it. Why couldn't they have kept the Caroline character from the Weeping Lady episode alive and wrote she was actually a mis- uh, mystical artifacts expert? That character would have fit in better than Holly has. Not having Jenny and Frank around is something I'm not a fan of either. These two characters were great additions to the team in season one. Now they're barely seen. Aren't these two actors in the main cast, so why aren't they getting less time, screen time than Holly? The actor playing the human guise of Headless hurts the character. Every time we see Headless in human form, I get less intimidated by him. The actor doesn't look tough to me. The Headless Horseman should, of death should be tough and scary. Finally, there's Katrina. She's so weak and useless. In the Heartless episode, she did track the demon and provide visions to help out Henry's plan. However, outside of that, she didn't really help. Katrina spent a good portion of the episode fainting and lying in bed. I had to laugh when Crane said Katrina is a powerful witch. In the scene when Abby and Katrina tried to face their fears to get the succubus' heart, Katrina was cowering in the corner while Abby faced her fear and got the heart. While Katrina was performing the spell to destroy the heart. Katrina got knocked down. Abby had to finish the spell and save the day. Some powerful witch she is. Now Katrina's master plan is to go right back to Abraham and Henry. Didn't she do this two episodes ago? She didn't provide any useful information How and still needs saving. The writers don't make it easy to like Katrina. I'm hoping the show will improve in the later episodes. So that's a lot. That's a lot to unpack right there. And uh, I feel like a lot, we three have a lot of similar concerns with the series as a whole. You think that's fair? Yep. But, yeah, yeah, it sounds right up what we've been talking about. I would say the only point I don't agree with is I do like the Holly character and think he fits in pretty well. Other than that, I think he's pretty spot. Or what was his name? Noah. Uh, Thomas. Thomas. I don't know where Noah came from. Uh, <laughs> Thomas. <laughs> uh, in some cultures, Noah is a nickname for Thomas. Yeah. <laughs> Thomas is pretty spot on, uh, particularly as far as Katrina is concerned. Yeah, I, I certainly, we've certainly voiced these concerns in the past, and uh, it's. When we get to talking about this episode, yeah, there's just it's like, okay, <laughs> so, some of these characters seem a lot more useful than others. But Thomas, thank you for that email. He emailed, he emailed us at ichapodcranecast at gmail.com. 
that's where you can all, you know, send us your thoughts on the show and our show and whatever in general. And we'll be happy to, you know, read them on the air and whatnot. And with that, we'd also love to get more iTunes reviews. It'd be great to, you know, if you could log on iTunes, go on the Ichabod Crane cast um, and just, you know, give us a star rating, possibly write a little sentence or two. And, uh, you know, it just helps our show, you know, it helps spread the word on our show, helps other people find our show. And um, before we get into the Akita, the fall finale, um, I do want to do, um, well, let's do it, guys. Let's get into Gotham Corner. All right, so, uh, Maxwell, I guess you could just sit this one out for a bit while Brandon and I briefly go over Gotham. With that in mind, uh, Brandon, we, we've uh, you've caught up on Gotham now. You were kind of a couple weeks behind, but now you're like, you're back in it. I'm back, back in it. And uh, with that, what are your thoughts on, because it's wrapped up for the fall, what are, what are your thoughts on where we are? I like where it's going. I hope it, like, takes its time where, where they've left us off um, with Jim Gordon's path. Um, a very interesting twist. And one I hope that's not like undone within a couple episodes. I really like to see them embellish it, and it, it's sort of like um, getting um, Jim Gordon a little more personalized within the the lore of Gotham City, you know, because he's always been that the outsider that comes in and like he's getting up close and personal with like crim- he'll be getting up close and personal with like a lot of like, criminal minds and stuff. I think it's 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 a really cool thing, but I I I don't want them to hurry up and undo it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I completely, without kind of going directly into what it is, I, I completely agree. Um, I feel where they're putting Gordon's character, it makes, well, for one thing, it surprised me. I didn't really realize, oh, no, that's, yeah, that's, yeah. yeah, that's a way to go. And, uh, but yeah, I like how that, like you said, it will kind of get them directly involved in Gotham more and hope, and if the show's going to keep using words like this city and the city needs your help and these kind of things, it's like, you know, it's helpful to actually have Gordon barely deeply involved in it and really knowing it from the mm-hmm. other standpoints beyond just being the the cop that's come in to try and save the day. And just in general, I mean, the while I had issues with the Harvey Dent episode, this uh, yeah. this finale of how it kind of involves Bruce Wayne's character and even Alfred into the... Alfred got a lot of chance to shine in the... Yeah, you know. uh, this is a, just a really weird Alfred. It's... <laughs> I, I don't know what the... I don't know whether it's, it's just he's... It's because he's different I'm a little apprehensive about him or... What? But it's it's definitely interesting. I see. I, I like the Alfred. I like this portrayal cool. of Alfred. I I I could. I it is different. That the same. Like I get like what they're trying to do, which is essentially make him a make him a person that's been rushed into fatherhood when he never intended it to be. And it, I I find that a neat way to take it. It's, yeah. It's different. Yeah. But given like his kind of general demeanor, but at the same time, I I like what they're doing with him. I, I'm curious to see. Given that Alfred and Bruce Wayne have better developed characters than a lot of people on the show. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm enjoy, I'm at least enjoying that. Yeah. They're, they're, they're getting some of the better stuff, but it's, it's weird because they're highly unnecessary to what the series wants to be, but yeah. they're at least being handled decently. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> I just, I don't want to go too far into it just because we still have other things to talk about, but yeah, for the most part, I, I was happy with how the show left off. So I'll be excited to see where yeah. it picks up in the, uh, in January. And they really, they, one thing I ask is, they need to chill on how they're treating Harvey Dent and just let him be a character and a person. Like the way they're treating it is like he's they're treating it as if he's going to be two faced within like three episodes. You know? Yeah. They keep like forcing a lot. Of, you know, those those qualities can come up here and there, but like you know, ease on it. Don't. I mean, it's like uh, we know he's going to be two faced. We get it, but you don't need to every episode like make it feel like it's right around the corner because if you know if you're following normal Gotham lore, we've got some years before that happens. And it feels like it's going to be episodes before. Yeah, well, yeah. We'll, we'll see. I mean, the show's 
it's not one to be subtle. So, I mean, it's, mm-hmm. <laughs> I can only hope that they, yeah, calm down. Right. But, uh, we'll see where it goes. And, uh, yeah, I think that's, it's gonna do it for the, for this week's Gotham Corner. Gotham Corner! Before we get into our discussion of Sleepy Hollow, here's a query. Yeah. When did every show start having a fall finale? Like right, a, right. <laughs> Like, I feel like a couple shows, like ones that had split seasons, like The Walking Dead, for example, would do it, which made sense because you have months apart. But now every show that's just going off for the holidays has a fall finale with major cliffhangers and it's it's advertised as such. What, what's the deal with this? How do you guys feel about it? I remember I'm, Lost, Lost Season 3. Lost Season 3 did it. Yeah. When they yeah, had the first big, six There's episodes. a big gap because they did yeah. seven episodes and then like three yeah. months and then it came back. Because was it like the Olympics or something going on where they like... They, they needed to do something to kind of... Yeah, I think it was might have been the Winter Olympics. Winter Olympics, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, if I had to guess, um, in terms of kind of putting more heavy emphasis on the term fall finale as opposed to just saying, hey, we're going to be off because the holidays and whatnot, I think I wouldn't be surprised if it's The Walking Dead, the show that, you know, is a ratings juggernaut, especially for, you know, not basic cable. <laughs> I mean, it, it, um, it gets a, a ton of a lot of views and... It does have that kind of. It does know how to. Sp- it's worked that splitting the season thing since what season three. Um, so it's. It seems like it's had a ripple effect on other shows that are following suit, especially since we have so many more genre shows these days. So many more shows that aren't just it, it, traditional it, dramas. It definitely Did heroes make it do that like, too. Uh, there is only so much of heroes. Um, <laughs> I th- I th- well, I think season two they called it the fall finale, but it really ended up being the season finale. Yeah, because that show was so. Okay mixed and how to want to do it. That was during the strike. That was during the writing. Yeah, that yeah, that didn't help at all. Yeah. It it definitely gives these episodes makes it feel like more of an event. And I also think it's at the point now where the writers are clearly writing it to be, you know, sort of a big cliffhanger. So it's not just another episode they're calling a fall finale, like as we'll get into the Sleepy Holly or I mean, pretty much the the story arc for the first yeah, you're getting like four, se- two seasons in one, basically. A season and a half of this show has come to an end. I mean, if anything, I think the kind of the changing landscape of of how people watch TV has to do with it too. Where you want to get ratings for you know some big episodes, then emphasizing fall finale as opposed to watching it on your DVR and you want to be able to talk about it the next day. You want to watch it live. Uh, mixing that with how well other shows have d- specifically again The Walking Dead have done by incorporating that kind of aspect. I think that that has led to kind of the changing of how the seasons are shaped in some ways. Yeah. Well, that being said, uh, let's talk about the Akita. Yeah. And, and I mean, not every season, not every season of television is like doing the 22, 26 episode thing anymore. Like this, I mean, this show is only 18 episodes. Walking Dead's always has been 18 episodes. Like there's a lot of shows that just don't try to fill in that whole gap anymore. So it's, yeah, but with 18 episodes, having your mid season finale at episode 11 makes the season lopsided. Yeah. It's weird yeah. that that's the way it turned out, but here we are. <laughs> yeah, we only have seven episodes. Do you know? Do we know when in January it returns, or is there not a set date yet? Uh, that's a fun question that I am not sure of offhand. Let me see if I can find it really quick. I and the third I, weekend of January. That's a good guess because I don't have it here. Um, so yeah, we'll see. I guess no, I, don't, I don't even have a name. We don't even have a name for that episode yet. Um, but yeah, let's go into the Akita. Um, as I've been doing, we're not really going to go through a whole plot synopsis because you've seen the episode. Uh, let's just go into basically what happened here. And uh, essentially what we, we can, we capture the horseman. We learn that the sword has some fine print explaining that anyone that has a soul will be killed if they use it, which leads to, Hey, Irving doesn't have a soul. We can get him. <laughs> <laughs> we get a, 
we get the rise of Moloch, and he's starting to he's starting to he's getting his plan going. We're burning trees, which leads to more and more stages of the apocalypse, I guess, happening. Uh, there's some weaponing up with Holly. Uh, Moloch and Henry have some various squabbles. There's a big battle sequence uh, where I was really hoping the Kindred would come back, and he didn't. Um, Irving has a fight to the death with uh, one of the horsemen, which uh, leads to him apparently showing off some badass sword fighting skills that we weren't aware of, but he also gets mortally wounded. Uh, finally, Henry comes in to, to uh, try and... Uh, Moloch basically forces Henry to go in and try to do try to capture Ichabod and Abby and Katrina himself uh, so he can bring him back. That works to an extent because Henry gets the sword and manages to force them all back. Moloch uh, then tries to force Henry to to you know, kill them all one by one uh, because of the various verbal de- sparring between Henry and Ichabod, let alone the others. Henry has a sudden change of heart and decides to, instead of kill Abby and Katrina and Ichabod and everybody else, he stabs Moloch, which leads you to the... You believe in me. You really, really believe in me. Yeah. And and lastly, in my notes, because I, I forgot about this, which is why it's at the bottom of my notes, is that Katrina and Ichabod are having some marriage drama. So, a lot of and, all of that. And, and Holly is babysitting the headless horseman. Yeah. yeah. That's where we leave him, yeah. So all that it'd, happens. It'd be great if, uh, between the, you know, from now, from this little break, if they, like, release webisodes of, like, Holly's babysitting party with the headless <laughs> horseman, where he's having, like, girls over. And I'd, I'd imagine it more to be, like, that incredible short Jack-Jack attack, where it's just him, like, trying to deal with the nuisance that is the headless horseman. Yeah. <laughs> Um, with all that said, before we, there's a lot of things we can talk about, but let's let's go to the one thing that matters, I think, in my eyes the most, which is Irving died this episode. He's not dead. <laughs> I know. Uh, yeah, they're not fooling anybody. It's Sleepy Hollow. There's so much left with him. He's like the fan favorite character. He's so active on social media. He's not dead. That's where you're at. You're at with. Him? That's where that's, that's where I'm at. And there's they've not there's not really been a big press stink about it. And yeah, it's he's not dead. There, he'll be maybe some now some new supernatural being yeah but and there's so many loose like there's that future vision he had and, and stuff there's just so much unanswered stuff and he'd been if he's really dead what a waste what a mess for his character this season seems like you have yeah. strong views on this <laughs> i do well like you kill i'm like uh, he, you know i was like he you know he better not be dead because it was so poorly if, if this is it He's poorly handled this it was season. Fairly unceremonious too. I mean, there was still like yeah, two commercial yeah. breaks and like... two commercial breaks. Abby just looks out. He's just laying there, like, oh, <laughs> like all right, <laughs> yeah. Max, so what I... do you think? I'm sorry. Yeah, my first initial thought when he quote died was, well, the writers are are screwing up even more than I thought this season. And then I quickly thought, wait a minute, now Ichabod and Abby are going to have a ghost for a partner. So I, 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 well, I think Irving the human is dead. I don't think Irving as a character is dead, and I certainly don't think Orlando Jones is done with the show. Orlando Jones is Ghost Cop this fall on Fox. Kind of. I, I just, if that's it, if like it's dropped, it's like just really poorly done. Yeah, I completely agree. And as upsetting as it, you know, is to see, you know, Irving the character that we like, you know, die on screen. 
I'm not really convinced that we're not. This is the last we see of him. I mean, if John Cho can make right. know, extended cameo work into an entire season, I'm sure that the biggest fan of the show, Orlando Jones, who happens to be on the show, can probably stay around a little bit longer. Well, so, the, uh, the wound he got wasn't definitive either. It was like a slice in battle, and he kept going. You're like, oh, okay. I was live was tweeting like, the episode, and I was like, that's just a flesh wound, right? He'll be okay. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah. he's dead. <laughs> All right. You know, and to some of our, our listeners or people, you know, it may seem like we're just being whiny fans who are upset that their, you know, a favorite character died. But for me, it's not that. Look, if, if you're going to kill no, a killer character, even if he's a even if he's a favorite, fine, but do it well. And this was not. I mean, it was kind of anticlimactic. There wasn't any impact to it, and it left so much of what they had been setting up with the character unresolved. I, I he was agree. given nothing to do but die this season. I, I agree with that sentiment, Maxwell, that you just said. At the same time, I mean, he didn't go out like a complete sucker. He did, you know, take down a horseman with a sword, and it looked all cool and everything. Like, I mean, if if this was the last time we saw Irving, which I think all three of us very highly doubt, I wouldn't say he went out without doing anything. But yes, in terms of what they've set up and how he's been sidelined this whole season, it would be quite the shame if we didn't see Irving again. Yeah, his big moment that he had wasn't earned. That's the thing. It was just like, oh, now we'll give him something big to do. I did like his kind of because they like they had to find him and get him back in there. He was like everyone was talking very gravelly all of a sudden when they're like in the in um in their lair with uh, having the headless horseman trapped and Irving has the sword and he's all Irving talking. like nuts. He's all confident. It's like, oh, looks like I got the upper hand now. Like all this action. <laughs> yeah. And once again, we got to see it's... Irving in an awesome fight scene because that's <laughs> that's what he gets in this show. No, this was that was just one of the problems I had with the episode. I had a lot of problems with it. The first of which is, so Moloch has been built up as this huge, horrifying, world-ending villain for the last 24 episodes. Mm-hmm. And the apocalypse is coming, and it hails blood for like five seconds, and they have to fight six demons. I was like, that's it? It's like, what, where, did you guys not have the budget, or were you just not imaginative? It was just, again, the word I kept using for throughout this episode was, Oh, another anticlimax. I'm curious what the rest of the world is going through at this point, too. Yeah, I don't know. It was just kind of like, I feel like the end of the world or the apocalypse would be a little more explosive than this. Not literally, but... It felt really, like, it closed felt... in and personal, like, not, yeah. very, not yeah. very big. Like, where were the shots of other people reacting or... You know, something to give it some scale. I don't this know. Is, yeah, this is a this is a big reach in terms of a reference. But remember that film Bruce Almighty with Jim Carrey as God? Yeah. Uh, it's like that movie where God only seems to affect that small universal lot that he was running around on as opposed to the entire world. <laughs> That's kind of the impression I got from this episode <laughs> of Sleepy Hollow, where it's like, Malik, yeah, he's ending the world, but the world's only confined to this, you know, this part of the country that we decided to shoot the show in. It'd be funny yeah. if, if they did an episode where he ended the world and then the camera panned out and it's like Sleepy Hollow's exploded, but everything else around is totally fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's in a bottle. It's uh, <laughs> it's it's in, it's in the Fortress of Solitude somewhere. <laughs> just all Sleepy my other my other main issue, and I'll, I guess we'll just jump into it, is I don't understand or buy what Parrish did. Really? Yeah, it did. It... It, it felt kind of forced. Yeah, it, to me it was very forced. It was like, well, we need it, it. It. I almost wish it had left it on a cliffhanger right before he did that, because it was just like we have to end the episode. Malik has to die. None of our heroes are going to do it because they're all trapped. Parrish is going to have a change of heart. I, I didn't get it, it. It took me by surprise because it it was it was forced. But I, I thought maybe he's he kills him, absorbed, has found a way to like 
take that power, and now he can be like this ultimate bad. But which could be likely as well. Which could be where they go. I mean, I mean, just look. Like, I look at the Daddy, arc. Daddy, mommy, you like me? Yeah, but I mean, look at and I and I would I would say it's forced to an extent. At the same time, the like pretty much everything after Irving died, I pretty much predicted would happen. Like nothing really took me by surprise after the whole Irving death thing. It's like okay, Henry comes and they get some. Stuff and then he changes his mind and stabs Moloch. I mean, <laughs> the, the, sta- the stabbing Moloch thing maybe a little bit, but but in terms of like uh-huh. him turning allegiances, I wasn't really surprised by that. But what, I was, well, yeah, what? I was just thinking of your talk when Abby says, "Don't bring, don't bring, uh, uh, what was it? Don't bring weeds to a sword fight." Yeah, yeah, and and he like defeats her with the weeds. Yeah. Oh, oh don't bring vines. I think it was. Vines, yeah. Yeah, was, I don't know. I had real problems with this episode. Yeah, with the with the Henry stuff, though. I mean, I, I mean, they, it's the, it's not like they weren't hinting at it throughout. And I can say that yes, maybe Henry's his menace didn't quite match the sudden like entire change of heart. But then again, at the same time, Brandon, as you said, he could have maybe absorbed Moloch's power or something that yeah. as it they goes along. They never us a hint that Henry could go the other way. There was I, nothing I dis- there. Just I disagree like, with that. I, I feel they, they did they did enough of having of having Moloch really just hit home the whole you mean nothing yeah, to me thing and henry yeah, even they, that one episode have, where it ended on henry like just sitting on the floor crying like a child like there's, a, there's that's between of... him and moloch but every time every time uh oh, but again Abby i mean would we're... have something he they'd go out of their way to prove he was hardened and not going to go with that anything that they were saying but again we still don't necessarily know what henry's you know his the next step he has in this whole scenario here i mean we're not it's not like he said suddenly like i'm going to embrace my parents now yeah, I, I'll give you the that him turning on Moloch, Yes, that that was built, but him. Yeah, we don't know that he'll embrace his parents, but that's so far still needing some work. But yeah, I'll give you that they had built that, and we had talked about him possibly turning on Moloch for his own devices. Yeah, which, I, and like, yeah, we really don't know. Like, I see where the the inspiration to turn may have come from, and that aspect seems yes, it probably seems sports, but at the same time. The show really rushes into the apocalypse is happening right now. Things like it has to yeah. kind of back away from that as well. If this isn't even the season finale of the season, <laughs> so yeah, the, the show felt like it was always, you know, it was going to be always building towards this big moment, and we're here midway through season two already. And I felt like this was like a ways off. And as flawed as a- aspects of this episode may be, that makes me very intrigued about where the season's going. Like, right. I, right like, yeah. I, don't, I don't know what that means if we ended what presumably could have been the biggest thing in the show's history, which we would assume is, like, what's the next biggest thing in the show that's yeah. coming? Yeah, one one can only hope the writers sort of realized that they had, you know, sort of made too small a box for themselves, and now they've closed it and are ready to open something new. Yeah, they, they've said that they, they've they heard the people's complaints about the season, they said just bear with them, stick with them, it'll be worth it, so... Maybe that's what's coming after and this. I will stick with them because I do still very much enjoy the characters and, and the, the show is well produced. You know, a lot of the stuff I like about it is still intact. I think it just sort of lost its way a bit. But, you know. It's having a sophomore season stumble. I mean, a lot of shows have this problem with their second yeah. season. They're, usually a show's strengths come in like their third, fourth, fifth, or sixth seasons is when they get really, really strong. I just I just hoped... Obviously, I was proven wrong that because the first season was a short one, that they would be able to maintain that momentum. I think it does come with the ambition of giving a show like this, you know, more episodes that you're like, okay, we can do a lot more. And the results are not necessarily as 
positive as they, as they may have hoped. Or it's like, let's we could we have these cool characters we can introduce, which apparently led to sidelining characters that we already liked. It's just things like that that yeah, we get put, more like, episodes and less of our favorite characters, which is a really odd. Odd sort of thing. Exactly. Like, we, we've spent a lot of time with the whole Ichabod Katrina drama, which I don't know if anyone's really a huge fan of Ichabod pining for his wife, <laughs> a character that we find to be, you know, the least useful in all of this. And we have, you know, Holly, who, I, I again, I don't, yeah, I don't disagree that Matt Barr's doing, like, a bad job with the performance or even, like, his general presence is something I dislike. It's just more of why is there so much of him when we have another character that's exactly like him in the form of Jenny? Right, yeah. It, was it time to start throwing in new characters? Yeah, I mean, this is only season two, and we'd already been talking about, oh, we want more Jenny. I'm, I'm glad she's going to be in the main cast. There's more Henry now. Even though he's a villain, he's not part of the main group, but he's he's an extra character to get more time. A character we bar- we didn't have much time with last season, we're getting more time with. But then they decided, oh, let's drop more new characters on here, and it, it starts taking away from the other ones. We weren't ready for, like, these new characters to drop. If they would have held, like, a Holly out for, like, a the next season, maybe that would have been a more natural fit or not seem like it was hogging up space. Well, the fact of the matter is, it is what it is. What was your favorite episode of this 11 episodes of the first half of the season? The one that comes to mind is The Weeping Lady. I think that one does a... I mean between like kind of what the show sets out to do each week in terms of providing kind of a supernatural procedural mixed with, you know, some overarching plot aspects. I feel like that's the, that, that episode, it's the one that immediately came to mind. So I kind of think of that as possibly the best one of this season so far. I like the premiere quite a bit too. Yeah. The premiere was, was, was good. And I think the first two episodes were good. The, the premiere and then the kindred the kindred. And then there's yeah, that the was kindred. it the Rosemary's baby one. The, um, what is it? Um, uh, Deliverance? Was it Deliverance? Yeah, it was Deliverance, I think. I think the yeah. the the wackier it is to describe the episode, like what it is, I think I like it the more. <laughs> uh, so I think, like, yeah, we got the Weeping Lady. She, you know, she takes people to a river and they have to cast a spell before she captures you and sings you to like. It's just things like, or like, even last week, which was which was all right, the um, the Magnus Opus, where it's like, yeah, we gotta go down into the cave where there's the Gorgon, and we have to make sure not to look into its eyes, or it'll turn us into stone, so we can get the Master Sword. And the, like all this stuff happens. What about yeah. you, Maxwell? What was your? Yeah, the fir- my favorite is that that you're saying. Yeah, uh, the first two episodes of the, of the season, the premiere, which sort of resolved everything from last season, and then the Kindred, I thought was strong. Still, yeah, still another Kindred, by the I way. I kept wanting that that creature character, whatever you want to call it, to come back. Yeah, well, I guess we'll have to keep waiting on it. With that said, let's talk about the Headless Horseman. That email that Thomas sent uh, provided us a little perspective on that, and I, I'm curious what you guys think. What do you guys think of kind of how the Headless Horseman's been handled this season? Too, I mean, too much um, makes him less effective. But I mean, how long was him as a goon going to be effective? That's why you introduce he's, a new horseman. Yeah, that's why you introduce a new horseman. But yeah, like he's become weaker and just you know whiny and you can just sort of see the the type of story they want to play with him coming out um maxwell i think they're sort of trying to have their cake and eat it too so to speak uh and i think there's a real disconnect for me at least from the sort of ruthless badass monster we saw in the first season to this sort of whiny Abraham that we see now. It doesn't feel like the same character to me. 
It's funny because we like we joked about possibly having the headless horseman in the intro credits, where it's just headless horseman. He just looks into the camera, but there's no head there, so it's kind of funny. Mm. But we've seen so much of him this season. It's like, well, you might as well have him in the opening credits. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, I can't say. Yeah, I I can agree that the menace of the headless horseman that was you know toting shotguns and throwing grenades around it seems less so every time we see him in human form having lover spats with Katrina, who you know the other one of the more least interesting characters on this show. Well, I, I, last season always felt special when he showed up. It always felt like, oh, it's the horseman. And it, now it's like, could he go away, please? It's like a show that art that constantly <laughs> has a shot in the arm got like an extra shot in the arm when the horseman suddenly appeared. Yeah. I kind of theorize that the writers or, or maybe even the network were like, well, when people think of Sleepy Hollow, they think of Ichabod Crane and the horseman. So the horseman has to be there because then if without the horseman, it's not Sleepy Hollow. But Let's make him human and give him a face, and he was someone we know. Can, it's a, it's an can, we have, can we have the headless <laughs> horseman have a head and, you know, talk? Yeah, yeah magic amulet. Magic, magic amulet. We're good. We're good. Yeah. We have need, the headless horseman needs a head more often. So, okay, so, because we, we don't want to go too long here, what would we like to see to kind of make to make things better, I guess? Where, like, it's a season where, again, we've all... We all agree that, yeah, it's certainly watchable, and, like, there's a lot of intriguing stuff that happens each week. We like the characters most of all, but, yeah, it's certainly stumbled a bit in the second season. What would we like to see in the coming episodes to kind of correct the course, perhaps? Um, let's get rid of the Headless Horseman. Let's finish that off and introduce a new horseman. It's, yeah, that's what, I, that's what I would say. If the Horseman and, and, and Katrina, like, did a double suicide, that would be okay by me. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, I really would like to see the Katrina stuff resolved. I feel like we spent a lot of time on this, where and even and, and she and was she, a terrible witch. She is, yeah. Yeah. But, and even in saying this, it's like, well, that should lead, that should mean that she's more developed of a character since we've seen so much of her. But really, I just I don't care about this person nearly as much as I care about others, many who I haven't seen nearly as much as Katrina. Damsel in distress. So uh, yeah, I mean. I guess bring back Irving, I think, is the, yes. one, of the, one of the key parts right there, too. Nope. Right. Yeah, Irving, give more interesting stuff to Irving to do. I'll I'll take where they, whatever they're going to give me with John Noble and go with go with it, I guess. Something something tighter in these next seven episodes. And if you're, if you're not going to give us the, the character stuff we're wanting, at least a, a nice, tightly serialized plot to finish out the seven episodes and not wander off into one-offs. I think the good thing, I hope ideally the good thing is that only having seven episodes left in a season means that we're going to be moving pretty quickly to get... But is it is it seven episodes left of the 18 or like a seven-episode arc to finish the season? That's a question, too. That's a good point, and I guess we'll we'll see. I mean, maybe it's still devoted to kind of Henry's <laughs> plaguing of the of Sleepy Hollow. Well, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, it's yeah, because I could see you know you could have one episode to resolve this and set up, then play around for a couple, and then get serious with the last like two or three. So I, I don't know. We'll see. Time will tell when Sleepy Hollow returns this January on Fox. Brandon, you want to read a little thing that we have about a uh, next next time? In 2015, the season continues as a new dynamic affects the way Ichabod and Abby handle the supernatural occurrences taking place in Sleepy Hollow. So yeah, we'll uh, we'll see where it all goes. And uh, we'll, we'll next we'll, week on Holly and the Horsemen. Yeah, we'll all be conjuring up ways to get Irving back on the show, of course. Um, but yeah, I'm pretty. I think we're all pretty certain that he's going to be around. <laughs> we haven't seen the last. What, part. what if we're totally wrong? Yeah, right. Won't we? Yeah. Stupid. Never mentioned again. <laughs> yeah, and then the next Ichabod Crane has to only pie ourselves in the face. <laughs> so. <laughs>
on air live. Yeah, that's so with all that. Uh, that's going to bring us to the end of our tale in the in the hollow this week. Um, feel free to email us. I mentioned it before. IchabodCraneCast at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at IchabodCrane or like us, like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash IchabodCrane. And you can, of course, find our show, the Ichabod Crankcast, on iTunes and at hhwled.com. Um, I'm involved with a number of other podcasts there, including the Walking Dead TV podcast and Out Now with Aaron and Abe. There's also fun shows about comics and TV and stuff like that. And um, Brandon, where can people find more of your work online? You can find my work also at whysoblue.com. And uh, the Naptown Nerd, which is naptownnerd.blogspot.com. And follow me on Twitter at btpeters. Maxwell. Uh, you could follow me on Twitter at twitter.com slash cinemaxwell or visit cinemaxwell.com. And you can find me, as I said, on the other podcasts on HHWLOD. You can find my personal blog, thecodezeek.com, where I write my film reviews there, as well as wisebluecom I also write film reviews and Blu-ray reviews on that site. And at Twitter, at Aaron'sPS4. And so, yeah, I think that's uh, going to do it for this first larger half of the season of, of Sleepy Hollow this year. Uh, so we'll return in January. I believe J- January, I believe. <laughs> and uh, we'll see what happens with Vigabot and the gang. Happy holidays. Happy New Year, everybody. Exactly. And until next time, heads will roll! Tomorrow, y'all.